Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, November 8th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Speed the Spittin' Statistician. You can call me Dane Martinez if you want as well. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king. Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing today as we get ready to start week number 10? Getting ready for another week. My lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com are available right now. Absolutely. For those ranks, you can go on over to rotoexperts.com and get the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. You can enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. All right, Scotty, we got something to discuss here. Des Bryant has found a home. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, kind of in the uh, conceptual vein and the impact that it may have, but we now know it is official. The Saints and Des Bryant have agreed on a one-year deal. Scott, here's what I think this is. I think this is a red zone. I think this is a red zone play, okay? Des Bryant is still good in the red zone. Des Bryant is tough at the point of the catch. Des Bryant is not getting separation anymore. We know about that. But Des can make those contested catches. He might be able to fill a role, to be honest, for this team. The role that Jimmy Graham used to have in the red zone, making these kind of contested catches. Because we know Ben Watson is not a tight end that excites you. We know Michael Thomas is already the stud. We already know about these running backs we even know about Traquan Smith as a young kid that the team likes to me Dez is a red zone play Dez is trying to kind of do what they hoped Cameron Meredith would do how do you see this impacting the Saints Scott well I wouldn't compare it to what Jimmy Graham did when he was the Saints Jimmy Graham was had his best years when he was the Saints and you know was more of that 
that red zone sort of specialty guy for the Seahawks last year. I don't know, even know if Dez can be that. You're talking about you have to keep your expectations tempered here uh, because the guy didn't play at all in the summer. He's missed nine weeks, and he, he might not be a factor in this offense at all, if at all, till week 12. You know, when a guy misses that much time, he also becomes a conditioning risk for soft tissue injuries. But look, there's a need there. Cameron Meredith was a bust. They don't have much outside Michael Thomas in the passing game, so they need him. Uh, you know, he does have some some wide receiver four appeal. This is a guy that was really falling off, you know, the last two years with the Dallas Cowboys. He doesn't separate and have the big playability like he used to. But, you know, he can still run pretty good routes, last we saw, and, you know, make, make some uh, catches on 50-50 balls. So, you know, there, there's some potential here for, you know, your fantasy playoff push, but I wouldn't overdo it either. All right, fair enough. But to be clear, you don't think Dez – I mean, do you think Dez even sees the field this week? No, I, 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 would, I, would, I would doubt it. You know, he, he just signed and we're already it's Thursday. Right, you know, so yes. He doesn't know the playbook. He's not in game shape. He's probably not in game shape. I, I would right. be shocked. He's got to get into practice at least, something like that. He's got to get in that quote-unquote football shape. He's got to learn some parts of the scheme. Not even like a little package like in the red zone. Like they know we're going to throw this like, you know, two different routes that they might employ in, in, in the red zone, like just a corner route and a little, and a little comeback kind of thing maybe, just, just a very small package this week? I can't see it. I, I, I really yeah. can't see it. Look, if it happens, it happens. It's just – I think it's a long shot. You know, the guy – he he just signed yesterday. He's going to have to right, report right, right. to the team today. You know, the guy hasn't played since right. last last December – and you're going to step and walk right into the building, get right on the field. I just, I, I think that's too optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're probably getting on a plane to go to Cincinnati tomorrow, too, probably. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I, I agree with the prep you. process. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Listen, the installs happen, you know, earlier in the week. And this is for guys who know the playbook. This is for the guys who are in tip-top football shape already. I agree with you. Um, you know, maybe in the coming weeks, I guess – my question for you is, does this impact Traquan Smith at all, Scott? A few people, you know, some people are starting to think that this could be an ascending asset. Does this block the path of Traquan Smith at all? No, it doesn't because Traquan Smith is a deep guy. He, he basically, you know, he's not a high percentage pass kind of end zone kind of, you know, right. end zone fade kind of guy. They have two different skill sets. And Drew Brees ultimately would like to spread the ball around a lot. This is still a run first team. I th- I don't think it blocks Traquan Smith at all. I think they play different oh. roles in the offense. Okay, fair enough. The one other thing I want to ask you about, and listen, I know we don't necessarily love this guy. This is not someone we care about that much, Scott, and I know you've never been that high on him, but Benjamin Watson, does it have an impact on Ben Watson? I mean, what you're saying is, you know, Des is that kind of red zone potential a la Jimmy Graham for the Seahawks. I like what you said there, Scott, his, his Seahawks Jimmy Graham, not Saints Jimmy Graham. He was more prolific, obviously, with the Saints. Does it have any impact of Ben Watson? Let's say you were, you know, taking a shot, a uh, flyer on him no it's okay. you know the, the, the guys play different roles ben watson is you know third down you know look for him on an out pattern and you know see if he's open he's not a red zone jump ball kind of guy you know that's that's not a skill set you know he's he's a tight end he's only got two touchdown receptions this year he's not he's not some sort of you know end zone playmaker he, there's a there's there's a missing role 
in the Saints' passing game, and he is going in to fit it. You know, well, people always talk about all the all the time, like with the Lions, like oh, you know, they were like with Golden Tate left. Yeah, you, know, you know, oh, there's targets to go around. You know, I was watching the Lions game again yesterday, and there was a missing piece in that offense when it became right. the key downs. Matthew Stafford was getting sacked half the time because he had no possession receiver to throw it to at all. It doesn't work that way that when one guy leaves, you know, necessarily. It, it, yeah. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't always work that way. That when one guy leaves, somebody else steps in and takes the targets or plays the same role. You know, and by the flip side, what I'm saying about the Saints is there's a missing role there. Your Mike Thomas is your do-it-all guy. Traquan Smith can be your deep guy. Uh, then you got Ben Watson who could be the tight end. They need another piece, and they don't have it. Right. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I completely understand that wide receivers play different roles. You got your X guys. You got your take the top off the defense. Then you got your kind of chain movers a la Willie Sneed, right? But, you, you know, the uh, I guess the one thing I find it hard to believe, Scott, is I don't know if any offense that scores, you know, 30-some-odd points a game and yeah. is 7-1 and one and is humming – really has a missing piece. Like, they're doing just fine. Is it really a missing piece, or is it more like a luxury piece? Uh, I would say, you know, they, you know, when they get in the red zone, they run the ball very effectively. But, you know, if Thomas is not open, who are they going to throw a jump ball or a fade to? Just because the I mean, team is winning Reece doesn't is mean that they don't want to... <laughs> yeah, but th- th- just because the team is winning and they're doing very well doesn't mean that they, you know, there's another op, a piece of the puzzle that they want to be a Super Bowl contender, you know, or be that Super Bowl team or, you know, be mm-hmm. the clear elite. Just because the team is, is winning doesn't mean they, that, that they, they think that they're perfect, that there's maybe something missing, you know, in their offense to get even better. You always, it's, uh, like, it's like in fantasy football. We talk about trades. You always want to improve your team no matter what your record is. NFL teams are going to look at it the same way. If you get an opportunity to improve your ball club, you got to do it. All right. We'll see if Dez is, in fact, that missing piece to put the Saints offense over the top. Scotty, it happens every Wednesday. I get notifications about guys being, you know, questionable. And I say to myself, don't panic. We're going to see how they trend over the week. We'll be talking to Dr. A uh, on Friday's show as usual. You know, a lot of reports on people between Jameson Crowder, Chris Carson, the Bears wide receivers, Doug Baldwin missing some time, missing, missing practice, Jimmy Graham, Matt Marlon Mack, you know, Kerryon Johnson limited as well. But the one that obviously matters to me, Scott, is the Jets have uh, ruled Sam Darnold out. They're going back to uh, Josh McCown against Buffalo this Sunday. And here's what I want to ask you about this. Um, do you think, I mean, he's, you know, they're saying it's a significant uh, ankle. He was in a boot. All that being said, right, I kind of think another benefit or another maybe even intention of all of this was as we know, Sam Donald was not playing well over the last month. He was throwing interceptions left and right. Could this be a way for him to just, you know, get a breather, see the game from the sidelines, you know, um, without a kind of blow to his confidence kind of thing? Um, and like, yeah, maybe he has an injury that they could sit him out, but they're like keeping him out this week. 
uh, just give him a little bit of a blow because, you know, he's been spiraling downward for the last month. And it's like, hey, how about you see this game from a different perspective? Take a breather. Chill on out. You'll be all right. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's legitimate to suspect that. You know, I've seen it in baseball where guys are just not playing well and then they go on the DL all mm-hmm. of a sudden. I thought the Yankees uh, did it with Gary Sanchez last summer, but it was a real injury. But I was I was thinking that too. But then again, sometimes the guys aren't playing well because it's injured. But then again, not with jo- not not with Sam Darnold. You know, okay. the reads he just made were horrible. Like I was saying right. yesterday, he just he didn't see defenders. He threw it up with no no conscience, or he overthrew it. It was. It was ridiculous. So they needed to get him out of there regardless. I was talking about him the other day. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh McCown actually gets a chance to start. And I think, you know, this puts a little bit of spark in the offense. It's good for Quincy Inunua. Uh Chris Herndon has played very well, but what kind of rapport does Josh McCown have with him? McCown right. had a little bit of a, of a uh, rapport with Jermaine Kurtz last year as well. So I think, you know, maybe he's going to be looking at different receivers. He might put a little bit more pep in this offense. I still like the Bills as a streaming defensive start, though, because, you know, McCown's a journeyman. He's played for a lot of teams, and he can you know, get a good pass defense like Buffalo. You know, he could throw two picks. Yep, absolutely. When you talk about that, the difference in Darnold and McCown, the guy I want to ask you about, Scotty, is Robbie Anderson. Doesn't, like, Robbie Anderson get a little bit of a boost because he had his breakout with Josh McCown last year? Josh McCown, as we know, much more willing to kind of throw the ball downfield than what we've seen out of Darnold. Could uh, this be a little bit of a renaissance for Robbie Anderson? It could be. You know, it really depends on his health and if he's going to be ready for this week. All right, fair enough. So we will keep our eye out on that. As I go on social media, I want to tell our manimal, Chris Bavona, we got some people hitting us up on social media saying uh, we may need to uh, do some things here on the technological side. Maybe we'll check in on that after the break. The last thing I want to talk to you about news and notes-wise, well, first off, the injuries. I reeled off a lot of names, right? I reeled off a lot of names. You know, everything from Jimmy Graham missing with a knee, Sanu DNP, Khalil Mack back at practice with his ankle. Um, you know, Sonny Michel and Rob Gronkowski limited for the Patriots. Carry on Johnson with an ankle limited. Any other injuries uh, that are really big to you that we definitely want to ask Dr. A about? I'm telling you, Chris Carson and the health of Jamison Crowder to me is a big factor this week. We know, you know, Paul Richardson on IR, Jamison Crowder still not practicing just yet. They have a juicy matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm looking to get maybe a piece of this Washington wide receiver game, but I don't know if it's going to be Crowder, if it's going to be Maurice Harris. What injuries uh, are most notably on your radar? Yeah, I think Allen Robinson's practicing in full. So, yep. you know, that that's interesting to, to see. But not Gabriel, right? But Gabriel yeah, not? Yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel's not looking good, but he hasn't looked good when he's been on the field anyway. So, to me, it's it's really not a major concern, you know, about – about his stats, status, uh, Mike Evans' knee is a is a minor concern. You know, I, I really don't think it's a major concern. And is Rob Gronkowski going to play this week? I don't know. I actually think, I actually think Scott. You know, and I'm not the doctor. You say that, right? But I actually think no. I actually think because, and I say this because the Patriots have a bye in Week 11. Okay, so I think they see an opportunity to, you know, sacrifice the short term, rest him again, then also add the bye, and then, you know, have him actually ready to go for the last quarter of the season. That's how I think it's going to play out. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I could see them doing that. You know, they want to. This is a team that looks at everything from the long term, so they want to keep them healthy for the playoffs if they can, because it's most important to them. Right, they're thinking about it long term. They don't need to worry about you know week ten against Tennessee. Right, they could get by that one. And quite frankly, even if they don't, I don't think they're uh, overlooking the Titans. No, I, I know. I, I'm not I, saying I think that. I think it's more of a thing, no matter who they're playing, that right. they have they're to just be careful a longer of one of their superstars. Right. That's all. I don't think they're yeah. – I'm not saying they're overlooking it. It doesn't matter who it is, okay? What I'm saying yeah. is they're looking to – they're okay losing the battle to win the war kind of thing. Right. Right? Um, and that's what I'm saying, and especially because the buy is positioned right there. Um, I think we could be, once again, without Gronk. If you own Gronk, you might want to make other arrangements again this week. This is just me reading the tea leaves. The other thing I want to say, Scott, and I know, you know, we've talked about this so much. I told you the answer to my poll question was like, can we just end this already? But we got more Lev Bell news, okay? First of all, I don't know. Did you see on Twitter, Scott, did you see his tweets yesterday? Yeah, they were upside down. Upside down? Yeah, I don't, like, first yeah. of all, I don't even know how to do that. Okay, so that's weird. I couldn't uh, even read like, him on my phone. Yeah, it's he, kind he of impressive. Spinning. It's kind of impressive. I don't know how he did that, but that's one thing. Did you also see that on social media video surfaced of him yesterday? Uh, Stratford said it in the in the, in the top of the hour news uh, of him playing basketball in a, like a rec league kind of setting in a gym in Pittsburgh. So he is in Pittsburgh right now. We know he is in Pittsburgh. But at the same time, there's also reports, Scott, that there's a real chance that he just sits the entire season. Uh, and there may be some kind of wink-wink, nod-nod deal because if he sits the whole season, if they were to franchise him again, it would be like the quarterback tag number at 25. We know they're not doing that. Um, so what do you think? What's, what's the chance at this point, Scott, that you think Lev Bell just sits out the whole season, un- over or under 50%? I, I'm not going to make a guess. Who knows, right? I'm, Who I'm knows? sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make a guess because these things you just never, ever, ever know. In the preseason, we thought Thomas, Earl Thomas was going to hold out for a long time and that Le'Veon Bell was going to report. Nobody knows what his camp is thinking. We can't guess. Uh, like you said, though, it, it was very confusing. I had to read through it a few times. Basically, if he doesn't report, you know, the third-year franchise tag will kick in at the quarterback number and the Steelers may not retain him and they just, you know, might slap him with the transition tag and deal with him or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because I went read one so one uh, one take. I think it was uh, NBC Sports saying, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this has come out of the Steelers trying to keep him away. So I don't think anybody knows for sure right now. But uh, James Conner's owners are a little bit encouraged by this news that he could sit out the entire year here. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. I mean, listen. I want. A horse, a workhorse, right? And we've already talked about it. If they're both there, they may both be RB2s or flex plays. We'll talk about some more in Scott's lineup ranks, James Conner and all the other guys who actually are playing in Week 10 when we come back. What's the most important thing you can do today? How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. Welcome back. 
Roto experts in the morning, Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're doing the Humpty Hump here, getting you ready for week nine, week ten, excuse me, week ten. It goes by so fast. Week ten of the NFL and the fantasy football season. Hey, Scotty, I also got to let people know that they need to try the, the props builder tool over at mybookie.ag, okay? If you're tired of, in DFS, you know, competing against these guys with hundreds of lineups and their algorithms, if you're tired of late scratches, you know, guys winning 90% of the money, this sort of thing, go on over to mybookie.ag, okay? There, you could pick the prop that you like, okay? Set the prop, set the players, no salary caps. You really have a lot of freedom uh, when you see something that you really like. You could attack it to try and win a little bit of extra cash, go on over to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY for a deposit bonus and start winning today. All right, Scott, let's get into it. Our week 10 rankings, and by our, I mean your week 10 rankings. I want to first look at the quarterback position. Listen, we know the names. We know Patty Mahomes. We know Matt Ryan. We know Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. We know Cam Newton is having a great season as well. The first quarterback I want to ask you about is Andrew Luck. Scott, we made the point yesterday that Andrew Luck is throwing something like three or four touchdowns in his last four or five games in a row. He's really starting to play well. He got T.Y. Hilton back. He got Jack Doyle back. You know, so the Colts offense, you know, has its pieces and has looked decent. However, they're facing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week who, you know, have some pride on the line, have been, have been, uh, you know, been getting kind of talked about as though they're not the elite defense that they were last year. Um, who do you think kind of rules the day in this one, the hot Colts offense or the Jags defense that wants to get their reputation back? You have Andrew Luck, Scott, as QB6 this week, eight spots higher than the consensus. Yeah, because like we said, in like five consecutive games, he's thrown three or more touchdown passes. And, you know, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville matchup. You know, there's no shutdown defenses anymore. We say it all the time. They are fifth in fantasy points allowed per game. Uh, but, you know, they've allowed 20-point games in two of their last three to quarterbacks. You know, and that was that was against Carson Wentz and uh, Dak Prescott. So uh, I'm not scared of the Jacksonville defense. I think I think Andrew Luck is being underrated. Maybe people have this lingering picture of an injured quarterback, but this is a team that throws constantly. There's high volume there. Uh, I don't think Jacksonville's going to be able to prevent high volume. Uh, Andrew Luck, to me, right now is matchup proof. All right. Fair enough. So go up and, you know, stay up all night and get lucky. Let's go a little bit lower in the oh, ranks. Um, you know about a little Daft Punk, no? What's that? Yeah, you know the song? Little, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, I know that song. to get some. We're up all night for good fun. Let's get that, Bavona. Let's get a little up all night to get lucky if we can sometime this hour or tomorrow. Surprise me with it, brother man. Another quarterback that I think is interesting. You have a little bit lower than the consensus is Jared Goff. Jared Goff facing the Seattle Seahawks. I know you like the way the Seattle Seahawks defense has been playing lately, but this Rams offense seems to be able to do it against anybody. You have Jared Goff three spots lower than the consensus, though. Yeah, what I have got for eight, I believe. You know, yeah. that's you know, that's that's not really low. I, I still honestly, good territory no, though. No, okay, no disrespect, but I I, I don't I you frame it like you know it's a bad thing, and uh, it's not. It's just you know, quarterback is deep, and that's where you rank. The one thing you have to keep in mind with Goff, though, you know, the problem with Goff is that you know that Todd Gurley could rush for three touchdowns like he did against the Seahawks last time. 
and uh, you you know maybe you don't get enough touchdown production. You know Seattle's Seattle got ex- a little bit exposed by Philip Rivers last week, so you know that's something else you have to consider as well. Yeah, absolutely. Philip Rivers, though, having one of his best statistical seasons of his career, of his long career. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, right? You know, he he never really gets that respect. You know, we used to talk about it even with our former colleague over the summer, you know, that – Philip Rivers is one for me has always been one of the reasons I wait on quarterback. Like every single season, Philip Rivers is going to do this, and he doesn't get the respect. But this year, he's eliminated a lot of those interceptions as well. Scott, I believe he has something like nineteen touchdowns and three interceptions so far. He's your QB seven against the Oakland Raiders this week. I got to ask you though, Scott, the Chargers are one of these huge point spreads. Over under is fifty. The Chargers are going on the road and are 10-point favorites. You're going to lay the 10 against Oakland, right, because they're planning out their tee times and their vacations. Yeah, and one more thing on Goff really quick, and then I'll get to Rivers. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, last time the Seahawks – the Seahawks have a lot of the least amount of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, 13.5 per game. But the last time they, they, they faced Goff was exactly what I'm talking about. They gave up 321 passing yards on 32 attempts, and but they only allowed one touchdown pass. So uh, I think you know maybe some people are ranking just look at the fact that the you know points against the Seahawks are first, you know, but they can be thrown on when the matchup is right, and I think the matchup is right as far as as far as uh, yeah the Chargers go this week. Yeah, uh, you know you saw what they did last week. Uh, Philip Rivers is underrated. You know he has he has a really good floor. So I think this is a this is a pretty good matchup for him. You know they'll be able to run the ball, they'll be able to throw the ball. They'll they'll pretty they'll pretty much have their way. You know the Raiders right now they're they're twenty six against opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they've allowed four consecutive twenty point games uh, to opposing quarterbacks. So you know, Rivers is a very very reliable start. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rivers is a reliable start. Remember, don't get it twisted. Oh, we got to ask about Joey Boza. Uh, Don't forget, can we put Joey Boza on the list for Dr. A um, this Friday? Because I'm, I'm intrigued by the Chargers a lot. And I think, listen, getting Joey Boza back really augments that defense. And speaking of that Chargers defense, Scotty, you're with me. You have them as defense number four this week, four spots higher than the consensus. I also told you about their upcoming schedule, Scott. I mean, I think it really stacks up for them. Listen, there's four weeks left in the fantasy regular season for most leagues, right? And (laughs) those four weeks, Listen, the Chargers are at Oakland. Would love that defensive matchup. Against Denver, I like that defensive matchup. Against Arizona, I like that defensive matchup as well. Week 13 is definitely a bigger challenge against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, three weeks in a row, like if you've been streaming defenses or something like that, go grab yourself the Chargers. Right, Scott? Yeah, you certainly have to do that. Uh, Like you said, for the next three weeks, they're a very, very good start. So. Uh, pick them up this week and lock them in because usually there's no rest-of-the-way defenses. You know, and the Raiders, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of what opposing defenses do to them, uh, you know, they're, they're 23rd against opposing defenses, you know, which means that they're, like, reverse that. They're the eighth-best defense to stream against. And last week against San Francisco, they gave up 14 points. In week six against Seattle, 17. In week five against those same Chargers, 
Uh, the Chargers had 12 points. They had uh, two sacks, one interception, one fumble recovery, and I think they can do better than that this week. Yep. All right, let's look at the running back position real quick here, Scotty. I'm looking at your in-season, uh, excuse me, your Week 10 ranks, which, of course, can be found on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy football package. Use the pro- You know what? Use the promo code SPEEDS at checkout. You got some running backs uh, that you are far higher on this week than the consensus, and I can only imagine it's because— pros, yes. Yep, because uh, I can only imagine it's because you believe they are, you know, coming back and returning to health in a stronger way than the kind of consensus ranks. You have Leonard Fournette back as RB10, and you have Sony Michelle, my God, the stereotype as RB14. Uh, talk to me about Leonard Fournette, okay? You Apparently, you think he's ready to go back in Indianapolis. You have him as an RB1 this week. I guess my question is, when Leonard Fournette is back, or even though he's back, you think? do you think he returns to, like, workhorse status? You think TJ Yeldon and or Carlos Hyde just kind of go away? I guess my thinking, Scott, would be as they bring him back, I don't know that they give him a full-blown workload right away. Is there any way they ease him in? And for these next couple of weeks, it is still, like, Yeldon and a timeshare? Because the way you rank him, it, you, it looks like you're just full bore. It's all Leonard Fournette. I haven't seen anything that they're going to have him on a pitch count until I hear that report. That's where I'm ranking him. He's he's missed. They're not pushing him back like the Vikings pushed back Dalvin Cook. They're giving him the opportunity to heal, it seems. Now, I'm just reading that from the outside. If I see them on a pitch count, they're going to drop him, but I haven't seen anything to indicate that he will be. And, you know, the Colts ranked 20th in points allowed to fantasy running backs. Uh, you know, they've – They've allowed t- over 25 points the last two games. And, uh, you know, against New England in week five, they were allowed 41. So, you know, this is – and they, they, have, they have three games this year where they've allowed 27 or more points to opposing running backs. So that's why I like Fournette so much. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, 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 would, I would be a little bit more cautious, especially in his return, that it may not be a full-on share. But, I, I, you know, I'm, I understand I'm not going to be you're... cautious unless I see a reason to be cautious. All right, unless, right, there's a, you go. unless there's a report, I see no reason to be cautious. All right, and you mentioned uh, you like that matchup against the Indianapolis Colts run defense as well. Similarly, for Sony Michelle, the stereotype looks like he's coming back at Tennessee this week. You have him right on that RB one two cusp. Same question about Sony Michelle. Uh, if he's active, you know you're, you're pretty much thinking they cut all this Cordarel Patterson nonsense out, and they just you know. They turn around and hand the ball to the stereotype. He's their goal line guy. He's their early down guy. And when you expect the Patriots to be up in the fourth quarter, he's their guy that's going to be, uh, you know, running the clock out as well. Yeah, I, I certainly expect that. You know, we saw like nearly three consecutive 100-yard games from him. So, uh, you know, I think Michelle just comes back in and, and does his thing. You know, I'm not really worried about it. You know, the Titans are pretty good against the run. They rank fourth against opposing running backs, but, you know, they have given up – they have given up over over 17 points in four of their last five. So uh, the Patriots are really hard to stop. They can impose their will. Yeah, no, I hear you. So um, we've got to check, obviously, to make sure he's active. But if he is, uh, we can get Sonny Michelle back in your lineups as pretty much a high-end RB2. With Michelle back, though, does that impact? What is that? Does, it does not seem to impact your thinking about James White. You have James White as an RB1, Scott. Yeah, you know, James White's still going to do his thing in the passing game. Okay. 
Uh, you know, he was running the ball like you know eight to a dozen times. You know, that's going to cut down, but mm-hmm. you know, you still have to like him a lot. Yeah. One guy that I, I I don't know that I agree with you on that you have higher than the consensus, Scott, is your RB17. I'm talking about Adrian Peterson. Now, here's my thing with Adrian Peterson. As you know, Scotty, they lost, I think, three of their starting offensive linemen in this last week. I know the matchup is against Tampa Bay. But for me, Tampa Bay is a team that, you know, is more of a bad pass defense that teams are passing against because of the kind of shootout back and forth. So I was intrigued to see you having Adrian Peterson as your running back 17 um i'm worried about the impact that that offensive line might have on him tell me why you're uh, still confident in adrian Pe- uh, adrian peterson you're three spots higher than the consensus on fantasy pros adrian peterson is the key to them playing ball control and controlling time of possession this week and trying to keep that offense off the field as much as possible you know it's going to be interesting like we were talking about in terms of game flow like they're going to try to slow it down half court and that's what they have to do now if if you know, Adrian Peterson could be ranked higher if uh, you know the offensive line was issues weren't there. But you know, Tampa Bay has been giving it up recently. You know, they they've allowed over 30 fantasy points to running backs in the last two games and three of their last five. So you know, I don't I don't know necessarily that Tampa Bay can stop anybody. All right. And you know, listen, that's a valid point. I mean, look at what Carolina did to them very early on. They came out and put it on them right away. Uh, so maybe Washington has that opportunity as well. Remember, I've been talking about really being interested in guys like Jameson Crowder and Maurice Harris this week for that same exact reason, Scott. Another guy I want to ask you about, this is a guy, a running back, a running back that you have been high on all season long, Scott, but you have him seven points lower or ranks lower than the consensus Seven spots lower in your ranks. I'm talking about Chicago Bears, Tariq Cohen. You have him as running back 19, so kind of like a mid-range RB2. Meanwhile, the consensus has him as RB12, which is a RB1. What's the difference for you having him ranked as an RB2 instead of as an RB1? Just the inconsistency that you get from him. I, I still like him a lot, but you never know when he's going to flame out. You know, I do like the matchup this week. It's just... I can't rank him for whatever reason you want to point out to anybody ahead of him. You know, they just have better matchups than he does. You know, I know, I know Detroit tends to give it up to running backs, but with Tariq Cohen, you know, one week it could be 30, the next week it could be three, you know, and that's where it lies at for me. Look, the Lions are not good against posing running backs, but, you know, that's more, that's more like they give it up on the ground. Like they've given up 1,079 yards, but they've only given up two receiving touchdowns, supposing running backs. So I like Cohen. You know, it's, I, I think that's where, where he should be on average ranked about every week. Okay, and then as we go a little bit lower in your rankings, and these are where really the decisions are made, right? Because even, say, a uh, Cohen, he's inside the top 24. You're going to start him. So let's look a little bit lower. Some guys you may not. You are higher... Then the consensus on some of these flex plays, Ito Smith for the Falcons, Jalen Richard for the Raiders, and Josh Adams for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're ranked uh, RBs 25, 26, and 33, respectively, but you have them all in flex territory, and you rank them all higher than the consensus. Talk to me about why you like these guys, Ito Smith, Jalen Richard, and Josh Adams. Well, you look at Ito Smith, the Browns are fourth worst against opponent running backs, uh, 29th, and they've given up over 40 points to opposing running backs in three of their last four games. So I think you have to like Edo Smith based mm-hmm. on that matchup. As far as far as the Raiders go, uh, 
you know, Jalen Rashard might have to start here. We don't know what's going on with Doug Martin. And, you know, he has to be that main running back. And, uh, you know, the Chargers have given up uh, over 27 points per game to opposing running backs in their last two. So, you, look, it's not like I like him tremendously, but there's a nice 8 to 11-point floor with Jalen Rashard. And who was the third one you mentioned? The third one was your boy in Philadelphia at Notre Dame, Josh Adams. Yeah, they have ranked as RB33, so as a flex that's not a that's, that's not a ranking endorsement necessarily when you're down at 33. But I know, but at 33, you have him as a flex play. The industry has him as 49, so definitively on the bench. You're starting Adam as a flex. Most people are not. Tell me why you, why I think you would I start think him as a flex. Within, within consideration because I see. 33 is not necessarily a flex when you put wide receivers in there too. You know, you're talking about 36 guys or, you know, something like that. So, you know, he may get a chance to start, which is why I have him ranked higher than the consensus. All right, fair enough. Check it out, Scotty. We got to go to a break uh, in the next minute. So here's what we're going to do. When we come back, okay, we talk quarterbacks, we talk running backs, we will turn our attention to the pass catchers, okay, on the other side of the break here on Roto Experts in the Morning. We'll talk about the wide receivers that you have ranked higher and lower than the consensus. We'll talk about the tight ends as well. Remember, there's four teams on by, so there's definitely some opportunities to stream some guys at tight end to take advantage of some injuries as well i told you personally i'm a little bit higher on the tight end out of cincinnati especially with this aj green news that he's probably going to miss some time have they officially ruled him out yet i don't know and that adds to my point of why they're being a little bit mum on this i'm a little bit worried about it we'll talk about it on the other side of the break when we come back dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The show's Dave Martinez. I got the King, Scott Angle, with me as well. We're looking at the King's rankings for Week 10 as we get you guys ready to probably get big wins in your playoff push as you go towards the fantasy playoffs. You know, there's teams right now that are probably 5-4 and four right in the mix and really need a win this week. Scotty, my personal like long-term dynasty league, I'm 8-1. I'm in first place. I got the highest points. I'm really excited. But this is like my bad bye week. You know, I, I, I have multiple Vikings. I have multi, I have DeAndre Hopkins, you know, stuff like that. I have a Raven or two. Um, so this is my bad bye week. And I happen to be playing the team that is in second place. Uh, you know, they like just acquired Julio Jones this week and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm a little bit upset. So I got to find out some people that I can put in place. So let's dive on in. Well, before you do rankings. that, Go though, yeah, what's you up? Know, a lot of people are dealing with bye week challenges and can't worry about who the other team has, and you can't assume a defeat or a or down performance. You know, I sure. thought I had it a few weeks ago in one of my leagues, and I put Marquez Valdez Scantling and Tyrell Williams in, and I won my game. So 
you can't assume anything, and the last thing you should be doing is looking at the other team. Like fantasy football con- contains enough anxiety as it is. You can't control who the other team plays and what they produce. Just worry about your own lineup. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I'm putting forth my best possible lineup. That's why I'm so intrigued. That's all you can by- do. That's why I'm really intrigued by the injury reports of these Washington wide receivers, Scott. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I got D-Hop and Diggs on my bye. I am going to need to play a Washington wide receiver. I'm just trying to find out if I'm better uh, playing Crowder. Right. I'm just, I'm just trying to find out if I need to play Crowder or Harris because I own them both. Uh, I, I picked up you know, one of them just to try and you know, because of this matchup, you know, I knew week 10 was going to be bad. I knew Washington was facing Tampa Bay in a good matchup. So I was like, oh, let me get shares of that for this week. But we shall see. Scotty, if I told you in September that in week 10, your wide receiver rankings would have Keenan Allen only two spots ahead of Marquez Valdez Scantling, what would you have said to me in August? This is why fantasy football is so unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, granted, you have Keenan Allen seven spots lower than the consensus. They have him as a wide receiver one. You have him as a high-end wide receiver two at wide receiver 14 in your ranks. And granted, you have MVS a little bit higher than the consensus. You have him as a high-end wideout two. The consensus, though, has him as a low-end wideout two. But for context, this is still, you know, kind of... What we're talking about, Keenan Allen continues to sort of disappoint. He had a little bit of a bounce-back effort last week, and we could be in for more against that blunt guts trash defense that is the Oakland Raiders. And then you get Marquez Valdez-Scantling that's really ascending, especially with Geronimo Allison going to IR. Yeah, uh, yeah I have Marquez Valdez-Scantling ranked at number 23. Uh, yeah. And look, Aaron Rodgers is having as good a season as – uh, you know, people think they do. Like people automatically rank him number two when he's been more like number five. So, yeah, I think overall he's been like the tenth best fantasy quarterback this season. So it's it's not just about the name; it's the numbers. But the production is there. Devonte Adams has been absolutely terrific this year, and you know Valdez Scantling has finally stepped up. Uh, Randall Cobb has just been a huge disappointment. I think I think injuries have really caught up to Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, over the course of his career, and you know he's always gotten hurt. And I didn't, we, you didn't know which one of these rookies was actually going to step up, and it right. turned out to be Valdez Valdez Gandy. Now, look, Miami is ninth best against opposing wide receivers, but you know they can give it up against Chicago. They gave up over forty-four points. You know, against Detroit, twenty-five points against mm-hmm. against Oakland, forty-one points earlier this year when they had Amari Cooper against the Jets, thirty-three. So. Uh, you know, we've seen them. We've seen them have bad performances against worse quarterbacks and receiving crews. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me ask you this: uh, You real comfortable and confident with these uh, Green Bay Packers this week? I mean, I'm talking. I've been mentioning to you that there's a number of games that have a huge line. The Packers are one of them. They're home at Lambeau Field. They welcome the Miami Dolphins. A ten point spread. You lay in the ten points with Green Bay. No, I don't think so. No. You know, Green Bay, I, I think that's more reputation. Look, Vegas knows what they're talking about usually. Sure. But you know, Green Bay is, isn't as good as what people think they are. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty much like a 500 ball club. Uh, you know, Miami's got Brock Osweiler come back, but right. Miami doesn't lay down for anybody necessarily. I, I don't know if I can you recall them getting blown out this year. You know, maybe I'm forgetting something. Miami? 
Uh, I'll have to double check. I'll have to double check. I'm not exactly positive. I will have to double check their game logs, and I'll do that in a second. As I'm doing that, Scotty, talk to me about Amari Cooper. You have him ranked as a wide receiver, too, this week. Dallas at Philly. I, I think this is going to be an interesting game. We'll talk about the game in a second. Um, you expect Amari to- Cooper to perform as a wide receiver, too? Yeah, I do. I mean, the Eagles are fourth, 29th ranked against opposing wide receivers. You know, they gave up 56 they, – they, they've given up 50 points to wide receivers in three of their last five games. And Amari Cooper be, immediately became a featured receiver for a better quarterback last week. And, uh, you know, he was quick in and out of his cuts. You know, he was working the defensive backs. You know, the Eagles can give up some big plays. So I, I think the change of scenery is fitting Amari Cooper. Uh, in Oakland, I think it's less – it tends less to happen where – more often to happen where Cooper would have a good matchup and he'd, you know, he'd, he'd lay a dump. I'm not saying right. he can't do that this week, but I have more faith that he'll perform well. You don't want Dak Prescott carrying the offense because I don't think that the Cowboys have ever won a game where he's thrown th- more than 30 times. But you know, still, they can be efficient in getting him the ball, and he could probably get in the end zone again this week. Yeah, as it relates to the Dolphins you mentioned before, I think they've definitely, I'd say they've gotten blown out one and a half times this season. If you remember when everybody was so high on the Dolphins, when they were 3-0, and Scott, then they went into New yeah, England. they got stomped in New England. They yeah. got stomped in New England 38-7. to The other one I would say is, you know, fairly recently on Thursday Night Football, the Houston Texans kind of put it on them as well. Yeah. yeah that it, final was 42-23, so it wasn't as bad. But if you were watching that no. game, you realize – that uh, you know, the Dolphins were not necessarily. There's a possibility they'll get blown out, but I, I just don't think Green Bay is that good of a football team. All right, fair enough. Hey, this uh, we were just also talking about Amari Cooper. I am intrigued by this Philadelphia Eagles Dallas Cowboys game. It's Sunday night football, Scott. It's in Philadelphia, and here's what I'm gonna say. I believe, listen, with this Washington team, that they're now 5-3. and three. They're in first place, but I really think losing the three offensive linemen is going to severely undercut their potential, even in this division. Yeah. Dallas had a chance last week to really kind of stay in the mix, and they, they lost. You know, and they're, what, 3-5 and five right now? I think the Eagles see this opportunity in their own building on prime time coming off a bye. I think they see this as an opportunity to really put the Cowboys to bed, if you want to know the truth, and clear the way for them to be, you know, heads up against the Washington football team and in pole position to win that division. They may win that division at 9-7, and seven, but I think they could put the Cowboys to bed this Sunday night, and I think we're going to see a good effort out of Philadelphia. I would lay the 6.5 points that the spread is right now. I'd take Philly at home minus 6.5. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys to come really? and the Eagles to win. You know, but for all the reasons that you just said, the Cowboys are gonna gonna come to fight, you know, especially in a divisional game, you know, because this this could be their season right here, and they're just not gonna roll over and die to the Eagles. All right, we shall see. Let's talk with a couple minutes that we have left, Scotty. Let's talk about uh, the tight end position a little bit. You uh, are a lot. So I want to ask you about 
the Indianapolis Colts tight ends, okay? You have Doyle and Ebron ranked back-to-back tight ends eight and nine. And I understand what you're doing here because they, we've talked about this Colts offense recently, and we've talked about how Andrew Luck is humming. We've seen what Ebron has done over the course of most of the season. He's looked good. We saw what Doyle did in his return, right? So I understand ranking them tight end eight and nine. The consensus, though, heavily favors Doyle. Doesn't even, like, has pretty much casted Ebron aside, you know, but tell me why you think there's room enough for both of them to eat this week. Uh, there is, there is, but you never know which one is going to have the better game, but one of them will, you just don't know. So that's why I have to rank them up there because those two guys have a better shot of a possibility of a good game than a lot of the guys ranked behind them, I think, although it's unpredictable and, you know, the Jaguars are eighth against opposing tight ends, but they gave up, they look, they faced Zach Ertz. They gave up two touchdowns. They've only given up one touchdown pass the rest of the year. But, look, I think I think Andrew Luck's going to be throwing a lot of volume. I think his number one pass catcher is Hilton. His number two is Doyle. And his number three is Ebron. And with all that volume there, I think it trumps the matchup. Where does Naheem Hines fit in that pecking order? He doesn't. You know, with Marlon Mack, uh, you know, running the ball, there's not about a lot of opportunities for him, you know, to do his thing. It's Chester Rogers. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say Chester Rogers, but you know, wh- whoever they want, like whether it's Ryan Grant or Dontrell Inman, you know, probably be fourth. Or Naheem Hines could be like at best fourth and maybe fifth. It's just, but Naheem Hines have forty first at running back. I can't, I, I just don't see anything for him with Marlon Mack playing the way he is. Scotty is officially off Naheem Hines. Talk to me about David. The Njoku is on you, Scott. You have him as your tight end 13, so just outside of the starters. I've been liking the matchup against the Falcons. Remember, they've lost their safeties and Deion uh, Jones, who, by the way, is coming back in a couple of weeks, they say. But um, how do you think Njoku fits into this kind of new offense? I know Duke Johnson, you believe, stands to benefit on this. Um, tell me why you have Njoku ranked a little bit lower than the consensus, just outside of starting tight end territory. The matchup is good. You know, the Falcons are 21st against opposing tight ends. But, you know, we've seen David Njoku with supposed good matchups in the past, you know, in the recent past, and he hasn't done anything with them. So, you know, just because the matchup is good doesn't mean the Joker can, can take advantage of it. I don't know if I have the confidence he fully can. I see. Um, no, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, I do like that matchup against Atlanta, but we'll see. You know, sometimes, as you always say, the matchup does what not was it, guarantee ago, production. What was it? He faced he had a zero. And, yeah. You know, Pitch, Pittsburgh has been terrible against the tight end. You know, they, uh, they ranked 29th. And, you know, that, that's with, you know, what, what happened against Njoku. So, you know, he didn't take advantage of a good matchup at all. Yep, absolutely. Check this out. We're getting, uh, I got a social media post from our guy Kenny in Philly. He's saying the first person you load up for New York with the McCown news is Anderson. Love Crowder if he plays. Djax and Dion Lewis, both revenge games for DFS. What do you think about that? Revenge games for Deshaun Jackson and Dion Lewis. Uh, you know, obviously for the Titans and Dion Lewis, it's not only him, but head coach Vrabel as well. And, and Deshaun Jackson, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, is it a, a Deshaun Jackson revenge game? Yeah, against Washington. Do you buy? I bet, do you buy that revenge game narrative for those two players? I don't know if you have to with Deshaun Jackson, really, because uh, 
you know, I think the matchup is pretty good. The, the Washington football team's 22nd against opposing wide receivers, and they've given up five touchdown passes in their last four games. So I don't need to necessarily think you have to play it that way. For Deion Lewis, you know, maybe more because uh, – but also he's their only offensive weapon, and you have to start him regardless. Uh, I don't know if there's upside, much upside for Deion Lewis in DFS. I like him in seasonal. But I can see Deshaun Jackson definitely with the DFS angle. But with Robbie Anderson, off. you know, I want to I want to see what happened with his health. Yeah, that's true. But if Robbie Anderson is playing, we know McCown likes to chuck it up to him down the field. Let's finish with yeah, this, Scott. We, yeah, we talk about this at the top of the show. How are you treating Gronk this week? If you're a Gronk owner, I mean, it's frustrating. You you and I both agree that you know the term I used earlier in the hour was you know lose the battle to win the war, right? Especially with the Patriots' bye coming up. Um, so I actually think he might wind up being inactive so that they can give him multiple weeks to rest up for the home stretch. But I guess my question is, if he's active, do you have to play him? You have him as tight end 14 this week. I don't know if your rank is because of health or because he may be limited or a pinch count kind of thing or maybe just ineffective. How do you play Gronk this week if you're a Gronk owner? I rank and he's where he active because of health. I don't know if he's going to play. So yeah, if so he's active, I think if he's active, you know what better choices of Rob Gronkowski owner usually have, unless he's got Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard, Rob Gronkowski or George. You could Kittle. have Gronk and Ebron. You could have Gronk and Ebron. I would probably go with Gronk in that regard. You could have Gronk and Vance McDonald. I would probably go with Gronk in that regard. Although I do like Vance McDonald's matchup, but. You know, Gronk is not the t- – look, my in-season ranks, I had him behind O.J. Howard. And, but this week you, know, you have Jimmy, them behind Jimmy both Gray of those guys. Right now. You have them behind well, yeah, both Ebron and Vance, but that's about health concern? Yeah, because of injury, yeah. I see. You know, he's right. going to get bumped back up if, if he plays. So if he's in there, you're going to roll we, him out we there know, more we, likely. It's a 1 o'clock game, so we're going to know. So you'll know. Well, here's yeah. my thing, though. Like, uh, you mentioned Vance McDonald, right? Um, and you said yeah. you may lean to Vance McDonald or you like that matchup. That's tonight. Greg Olson is tonight, you know, uh, so if you had to make that, let's say the only tight ends you have on your roster are Rob Gronkowski and Vance McDonald, and Vance McDonald plays tonight. What are you doing? I think uh, I got to go with the healthy guy. You don't have a choice. So, and that's Vance, right? You would, you would yeah. start Vance yeah, in you your tight end to, spot you have to do that. tonight yeah. because yeah. the Gronk thing is still unknown. So let's get into tonight real quick. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at home. They are four-point favorites against the Carolina Panthers. That's kind of in no man's land. 52 is the total. How do you see this game playing out tonight? I think this, this has potential to be a really good game. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. Uh, you, you know, when, when, you, when you look at uh, the rankings, you know, neither team is really that good on defense. You know, when, you, when you're talking about, like, if the Panthers are overrated on defense and the Steelers are not that good. Both teams are really bad against the tight end, you know. So that that's something to note. Uh, you know, the the Panthers can certainly give it up against the pass, but uh, it'll be tougher against the run. Christian McCaffrey in a standard league, I don't think he has a lot of upside tonight. In a standard league, let's make that very yeah. clear, because in PPR, this guy has no, been two an touchdowns absolute tonight. beast. Right. Yeah. Um. So talk to me. So who are you picking, Scott? You know, the Steelers are minus four. It's a really tough one. You know, I, I really like the way the Panthers are playing offensively. They're using a lot of misdirection and, uh, you know, things like that. You know, a lot of RPO. 
Uh, they're being very creative, right. jet sweeps, things like that. Sure, they get the ball uh, out of camp have, 10. Have, yeah, I'm going to have to take the Panthers just because they're at home. Cause I, I think, no, the I Steelers think are at home. Ev- this game is in Pittsburgh, Scott. Yeah, what I meant was I, I'm going to have to take the Steelers because they're at home. I, oh, okay. I'm slipping a tongue there. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh here. I, I think the Panthers might be the better overall team, but just Pittsburgh, I think – it's going to be tough right now. Roethlisberger should be healthy enough to play. And James Conner is matchup proof like we saw last week. Yeah, I'm with you, Scotty. Eileen Pittsburgh. I think these teams are pretty even. Eileen Pittsburgh because, like you said, they're at home. Tough turnaround for the Carolina Panthers, Panthers on the short cover, week though. to go on the road. Uh, over, under, real quick, Scott. One word out of you. 52 is the total. Over or under? Over. Over. There it is. So get your guys in there. Points will be scored according to the King, Scott Angle. Blue it and I are up next. FST. We'll talk tomorrow, Scott. Have a great day. You too. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.